Welcome to Finneytown Local School District's official podcast, the only place to listen to the in-depth stories from our students, staff, and community members. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Happy Monday, Finneytown. Welcome back to another episode of the official podcast of the Finneytown Wildcats. We are here today with some special guests. First, we have Tammy Dietz, our restorative practices facilitator at the secondary campus. Tammy, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome back. We also have two restorative peer mediators with us, two students, Ray Baget. How are you, Ray? I'm doing good this morning. How are you, Mr. Mushmore? I'm fantastic. Thanks for being here. And we also have Mazion Abbott. Mazion, how are you? I'm good. We are so excited to have you. And as always, my right-hand man and co-host, Mike Kennedy. So we had a big weekend this past weekend, live stream. You can check it out if you missed it for the homecoming game, right? Yes, we did. It's up on YouTube. Kids worked hard. They only lost by seven points, but huge team effort. It's a great game against Marymount and a great homecoming weekend as a whole. Well, here we go. Rapid fire. All right, here we go. As always, rapid fire for those of you who listen out there. This is a good one today. Are you guys ready? Yes. Okay. What time of day is your brain on autopilot the most? When I wake up in the morning, autopilot, shower, makeup, hair, get dressed, eat breakfast, go. Okay. I concur. (laughs) Is it? Ray concurs. I mean, like during the school day, because like... In the morning, I have a lot of thought process into what I'm going to wear, how my makeup is, and everything like that. But as soon as, like, I get to school, I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing, and then just, like, go on with the day. Nice. Nice. That makes sense. That does Mm -hmm. make sense. I could see that. (laughs) Next one. What do you think is a waste of money? Messiah's laughing. I got it. What are you thinking? Anything, like, (laughs) premium. Like, I just, I, first off, it's just, like, it's just not a good thing. Like, having stuff on premium, like Spotify premium and stuff like that. Because there's other, um, like, devices that you can put it on that you don't need premium for. Like, my iPad has Spotify premium already on it, and I didn't even have to pay for it. So it's, like, it's just, it's just stupid. I it, like hearing I that. I do, too. And I, it's funny that you said premium things, and I was thinking premium gas. <laughs> when I go to the gas station, why should I spend my money on the expensive gas? That's a good one, too. <laughs> I, I, who, who does that? I mean, I know there are cars, like yeah, the car have I have it. that you have to, but they really don't have to. Hmm. I can do mid-grade and low-grade, and my car still goes. It may not be as good on the engine, but to me, oh, I'm always going with a low-grade gas. I'm just going to be honest, folks. Me, too. Yeah, is it 87 or 89? I don't know. I think it's 87. I think it's 87, always 87. I would say glasses or specs that are, like, two thousand dollars like Ooh. i don't get the point in them i mean you can find like really cheap stylish glasses i mean if you go to a thrift store really or if you just go anywhere like just basic you know very good point okay that's a good one i was going to say bottled water oh, oh that is that's a good one just, right like what cincinnati has one of the better water filtration systems i like the cincinnati tap water i, I do would too. prefer it to a bottle of water so yeah i just can't Especially those premium ones, mm-hmm. like Fiji or whatever. Like, yeah. to me, water's water. Right. Man, all of our sponsors are going right out the window. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right. Well, we're here to talk about the restorative practice work at Finneytown, and we have our RPM team. So my first question is, what work has the RPM team been up to? Well, we actually just had our first meeting of the year. Um, I think it was, what day was it? Was it Wednesday? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, we got all the RPMs who were in training together, and we just played a little games with each other. We read a scenario, and we told our peers about what we would do if we were in that situation. We compared it to situations we've been in, and it was just an overall fun experience. Oh, glad. Yeah, because the article was about um, responding versus reacting. And uh, it gave an example of a major league baseball coach and 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 player, and how the 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 player didn't react; they reacted and not in a good way. But the coach responded by waiting and addressing it privately instead of publicly. And so then we got to share which was better: reacting or responding, and things that happen in our lives around that. So, how would you define the difference? I know you just touched on it a little bit, the difference between responding and reacting. What do you guys think um, came from your conversations? Reacting is more of like, it's more of an outburst. It's more of like a, um, it's something that you do quick when your brain's not like on. Um, In your, the moment. Yeah, your brain's kind of like on autopilot and sometimes that autopilot is automatic like an angry reaction or like something like that. Responding, which is my favorite one, I just love to respond. It's like waiting a second. You kind of like take a chill pill, and then you go off and you go like tell them what was wrong or tell them what was going on or what they did wrong. And that comes off much better usually because a lot of times I get myself in trouble without think speaking without thinking first, right? Yes. So if we can just stop and pause, which is hard, it's hard. Very hard. But you must be really good at it. I have a lot of siblings, so it's like mm-hmm. something that um, automatic in my head is like, oh, I should probably wait a second because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what, like, it's just easier just uh, to sit back and take a second to keep going. I love that. You know, you say that, like, I think of my own kids at home and, and my work here with adults. I think what you're saying right now, like, I'm playing them ahead, like, remember that. Mr. Kennedy, think about that because, you know, even as adults, it's a good practice. I and mean, we talk about the art of practicing things and what you guys, what you're describing sounds like a lot of proactive work where you guys are thinking about how to react to situations before they even happen. And who's on that RPM team with you? Like who was the other students there? What was it set up like? Like take us right into that story. Well, there are actually two groups of RPMs and training, at least. Um, there was a group that went in November. Me and Mazan were both part of that group, and we were actually introduced in that group. And then there was another group that went in April, was it? And both groups consist of grades through seventh through seniors, actually. Um, there's not many seniors, but a lot of the kids in there are high schoolers, whether it be freshmen, juniors, sophomores, obviously. Um, it's a, it's a whole diverse group. There's very different personalities, very different people. They're all really good people. They all really want to learn how to do this. They show interest. They show like kindness to each other. And personally, my experience with the training and with the people I was with, it connected me with a lot more people. I'm associates or like friends with a lot more people because of it. And it was just a fun, fun thing to experience, fun thing to go forward with during your school years. 
during school years and after school. Mazan, you want to share what we did on Wednesday? Kind of just a synopsis, like how did we start out when we came in? What did we do? Oh yeah, we played a um, we played a game. I no. Yeah, we did. No, first we were like we went around the circle and just kind of asked like how everybody was right. and stuff the like check that. Check in. Yeah, and then we went off and we played the game. Which I hated that game. <laughs> it was Wusa Wusa Warrior. Oh, that is, a, that is a good one. I kept losing. <laughs> so then, what was the rest of it like? I have such a bad memory. Uh, what else did we do? After, we just, after the check in and activity, we got into our groups of three or four. Like and I that's was, when we read the article. I was working with, like, all middle schoolers. Did you? That's yeah. great for them and you. Yeah. yeah. And everybody kind of was, everybody was talking about how they just re, like, acted. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that. That's, like, so hard for me just to react automatically. And then they were like, oh, well, it's easier for me to do this. And then everybody, like, kind of compared and contrast. And I like that because a lot of people, reacting is easier because you don't have to think. So a lot of people do that first because you don't have to think. And usually the things that we do that are hard are more time-consuming, I think. So responding is more difficult. That's interesting your group shared that. In our group, the group I was in, we had a couple share that had been in altercations with other people and how now they think about that because they wish that they hadn't done that and that if they just would have taken a breath and taken a minute, they would have had a different um, outcome to what happened. I'm such an over, like, I'm such an overthinker. <laughs> so, like, it's like it's automatically like, oh, this, 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 and this, and this. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so I should probably, like, sit back and take a second or else I'm going to, like, think about it for the next three years. Yeah. Do you guys feel, like, when you want to react, do you have a feeling, like, physical feeling in your body? Not Zion's like shaking her head. Not like a violence feeling, but more like, Maybe I want to punch like an inanimate object. Yeah. I guess that is kind of violence, but not like towards another person, you know? Right. But you feel like I feel an anxiety, I guess, when somebody confronts me or something. I feel it inside. Like my heart beats faster or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe my palms get sweaty. And so then I know I need to be taking a minute. Like don't react in that. Yes. In that moment. I notice a tension like in my chest and then I also notice that I don't have a regular, um, I don't have regular breathing. It's like I hold my breath and then I'll exhale. Mm-hmm. Then I like, it's, it's just not consistent when I'm um, in that state. But it is a practice. But your thoughtfulness, Messiah, um, and the ability to, to stay calm and to think through how you're going to respond probably is what leads you to be such a a great person for this role as a restorative peer mediator. And I know you mentioned, uh, Ray, the different personalities who are part of that team and um, how everyone's a kind, good person and really wants to be there. So I would like you to talk a little bit about what what makes that team of your peers uh, unique or special at Finneytown. I think, well, we all know Finneytown is a very diverse community, a very welcoming community. Um, in November, when we went on the trip, I had I had spent the night, because uh, we were sharing rooms with people of our other grade and around us, 
I spent the night with Alex Dykes, and me and him are very two different people, but we are also really good friends. Of course, we don't talk a lot, but we can still connect, we can still have conversations, and I feel that we got a lot closer then, we had some nice talks then, and it was really fun like doing those activities with him, along with everybody else who was there in the peer mediation thing. Um, we had this time where we were all in a circle and we were all reading an article, kind of like what we did on Wednesday, and seeing everyone's different thoughts on it and seeing like everyone's different interpretation, even though they were wrong, it kind of showed what type of person, like what type of mindset they go to when they think about a situation. And I think when that was like disclosed or whatever, I feel like we all kind of like realized that being a RPM was like really something to consider because you can see other people's like opinions on stuff. You mm-hmm. can see how they can handle situ- how they handle situations. You can see how you can possibly help them help like the situation. Um, one of the rules of being an RPM is that you never give advice. I find that at first I was like, wow, that's very like, how do we help them? But then I realized that like forgiving people and forgiving like yourself for whatever happened comes like within you. The other person, someone else can give you advice about how to handle things and to be like straight from your heart. Of course, they can help you realize it. Of course, they can help you like go with it. But I feel as if if you realize it yourself and try to make for it yourself, then it's a lot more deeper than you would think. Isn't it so counterintuitive to to withhold advice as a method of helping somebody? Because we all think everybody wants advice when they're struggling. Yeah. But that whole notion that it it has to come from within a person and, and they have to choose of their own free will to free will to truly change is so important. But it is it is tough to yeah. refrain from giving advice. I mean we just can't help but dispense it. Yeah. So it's powerful to hear you talk about that as a student and um and really trying to to practice that too. Um, before like the restorative peer mediation became a thing, I was always told I gave good advice and everything. So like going into a going to a um a situation or type of activity that requires me to not give advice, it was kind of a struggle, but like learning that, learning how to help someone without giving advice, it's a really good skill. Masayan, do you uh do you struggle uh, with not giving advice? No, I don't necessarily <laughs> struggle. I like, I try my best not to, like, because I usually try to kind of be like push back and just let them talk and just let them keep talking and talking and then just kind of repeat back what they said. And usually in their head, they're like, oh, like as soon as you repeat it back. So it's a little bit. And I give bad advice, so I, <laughs> I, honestly, I can't As give anybody advice. Right. <laughs> That's interesting because when you just paraphrase for them, they start hearing what they're saying and it comes to them a lot of the times. And so we talk about that, like what good questions can we ask that will get down to it. And you guys, you, you're doing great. Have you had any experiences in the RP room or with your peers? Um, see... Every time I go in the RP room, nobody comes in. But as soon as, like, I'm in the halls. And, like, okay. I walk down to the middle school a lot because a few of my classes are in there. 
um, and like two like two kids will be having a fight or whatever, and I'll be like, hey, like if you need to talk to somebody, I'm here, and they'll come up and they'll be like, well, this is happening, this is happening. I'm like, oh, so this is happening and this is happening, and they're like, uh, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I shouldn't have did that, or maybe I should go say sorry to them, and I'll have the other person come up and like talk to them and stuff. But every single time I go to the RP room, no one's in there. Well, see, you still have the skills. They go wherever you are. That's the thing about knowledge. Nobody can take it from you. Right? And that's what's so cool about restorative practices. And, and you, you can take the skill set everywhere. Yeah. It's not like you need a certain context to practice in because conflict does pop up in any location, um, whether that's here or out, out in the community or even at home with our own family. So to hear your stories of how you're practicing is really cool. And I love that, uh, that phrase, you know, um, the goal is to replace advice with curiosity. And so really being a restored peer mediator or a practitioner of restorative practices, it's in the art of asking questions and listening, not telling people what they should or should not be doing. But it's, it's that facilitating personal reflection for another person. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Now your team is growing. You know, you, you, you had two trainings and people are interested and, and the work you're doing is being felt on campus. It's certainly making a, dist- a difference in a positive way. What do you appreciate most about the work you do as a restorative peer mediator? I really, really, truly just love like helping people. Like that's just one of my favorite things to do like in the whole entire world is just to help people. And knowing that I'm helping like different type of kids, especially like kids who react basically like they feel like they're not being heard and me sitting there and like making them feel like they're heard and like they can tell me stuff is just so amazing especially kids in the younger grades like I have kids now that just come up to me and they're like thank you or like they'll just talk to me about um how their day is and stuff like that kind of like a it's like they see me as like a mentor somebody to look up to and like that is just so wonderful to me mm-hmm that's so cool to hear. And I like seeing you, like, on your face, you're just taking that all in. So a lot of this work gives back to us, and, and I appreciate you sharing that. Keep, keep rocking it. I really agree with what Mazayan said. I feel like giving kids or just actually people, like, older than you, too, it's always nice to help anyone of any age, and it's just, like, giving them the space, the safe space they need to talk about their problems, even if they are mostly a reactor, getting them out of that habit into more responding, it's really nice to see. Um, Me, actually, I used to be a lot of a reactor, but I realized that and I started becoming more of a responder, very more of a responder now, and just seeing how I can help other people do the same and better themselves is just, I like it, I really like it. All right, so first of all, I always say this, but when we have students, it's so much better. So thank you guys for being here. I do have one last question to close us out, and I'd like to have you guys back at some point throughout the year. We've, I've talked to Ms. Dietz, and we want to do this every month, so it'd be good to have other people from your team but also get you guys back in. So my question is, to close us out, what commitment are you willing to make to the RP team and the Finneytown School community? The commitment of my time. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't even feel good this morning, but this is just such a good opportunity, a good way to get the RPM's voices out. So I just, I couldn't miss this. So definitely my time, my energy, my kindness. 
Thanks, Ray. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. They can't see you shaking your head. I know. You want me to go? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I am going to commit to planning um, another uh, training. So we'll train another group of students in the fall, probably November. We're working on the details now. And just keep this growing. I mean, how awesome would it be if everybody has the same skills as these two? I have a question, actually. Yeah. Um, For that training, will you be using student RPMs to help train a new group? So using our tradition, I say we only did it one year, but we we let seniors come back. And so when you become a senior, then you can come back and help with the training. i got to wait a whole year? Yes. I'll wait too. (laughs) (laughs) But then you know that when you're in the RP room, if there's ever anybody serving in there with you, of course you're mentoring them as well. So you get that that experience. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. It Uh, is. er, um, What was the question again? What commitment are you willing to make to the RP team and the Finneytown school community? Um, I would kind of like talk about kind of what Ray talked about. Um, basically like my time because I, I do a lot of just stuff just all the time. I'm very much like a, I like to do a little bit of everything. So like knowing that, um, everything that I'm doing is kind of helping people is like just amazing. And, um, also my like kindness, cause I'm not going to lie. I'm really nice to everyone. And, like, knowing that can be nice to, like, a specific group of people or, like, anything like that is, like, amazing to be, yeah, to be a part of, yeah. That's awesome, Messiah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share a commitment, too, MK. Um, my commitment to RP and restorative practices is to continue to be a practitioner myself. Um, you know, when I was an assistant principal, I was a pra- I mean, I practiced every day, um, and, and that's what I did love about the job is, is the ability to, like you to have shared, is to help people um, just by being a good listener and, and asking the right questions. Um, but I, I, I do have opportunities, even where I am now, to practice um, community building because we always talk about the, res- the, the reactive, I don't want to say reactive, responding part with RP and that's when harm has been done. But there's also the part of restorative practices that focuses on the preventative or the proactive, and that is the community building. So those intentional games that Mrs. Dietz plans for you and the check-ins prior to getting into the content that allows you to connect as human being, that builds the community and strengthens relationships so that when harm is done, there is a relationship to repair. Because if there's no relationship, that exist, it can be difficult to restore that when harm has been done. So that's my commitment. I design and facilitate a lot of meetings to continue the community building and doing the work on the front end to build a strong community. And then the second thing, and I know I've already probably said two, so this might be the third, I'm not sure, (laughs) but the student retreats are fantastic. They've done so much for so many people. We'll never be able to measure it, But just you being in the hallway, having been trained and knowing the language and being able to intervene with two kids and help them out, like you can't measure things that are prevented because of the work that you've done. But that's what usually matters more. And so um, those student retreats, I'm working uh, right now with uh, Jen Dynan and Dan Joyner to to secure some funding for that because they, they, they are expensive. 
but in some way uh, to help defray the cost. Um, that's my commitment as well. The long one, MK. I'm sorry. I like Thanks, it. Thanks, Eric. Thank you guys for coming in. And Mr. Munchmore, how can they hear about this podcast, all those listeners out there? Well, you can hear this podcast on five platforms. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Like, subscribe. They drop on Mondays at midnight, I guess 12.01 a.m., on Mondays, tell your friends, tell your family, tell the people at the grocery store, at the gas station, tell your pets. Finneytown has a great story, and we want to tell it. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.